And this is As the Rotor Turns. This is going to be a quick disclaimer. This is going to be my opinion. The opinion of Carlos. Not the opinion of the Rescue Company One. Or any businesses of the Rescue Company One or anybody that employs, houses, pays us of the Rescue Company One is not their opinion. It is uh, not Dr. Abel's opinion today. Not his opinion. Uh, not the opinion of, uh, you know, anybody that employs him either. So don't do anything stupid and say that he told you to do it. Um, it is the opinion of anybody that's here on the show today, as, uh, whether it's Trish and Amanda or Jason. It'll be their opinion. If anything I'm going to say is going to offend you, then well, go fuck yourself and turn it off. Here at the Rescue Company One, we are shaping up to have a pretty busy 2023. We have a lot of stuff on the calendar already. We're going to kick off our year at Fire Rescue East in Daytona Beach, January 19th and 20th. We do have a booth. It'll be number 527. We're going to be in the arena right across from the fire sled competition. You'll find me with a giant foam finger. Yes. Right after that, we're going to be going to St. Augustine for our first air medical class of the year, January 23rd through the 28th. That class is getting decently full, but there yeah, is still room. So you got a um, advanced airway, difficult, difficult airway, airway Yep. We got all of the things. It's all listed on our website, The Rescue Company One. You can find it on there. You can get links to go there on our Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Anywhere you look, you can find us. Um, Following that, we're going to go into Community Paramedic. This is a new program. We are still, you know, working out the glitches with the schedule and things like that. Um, We're going to do week one now, March 6th through the 10th. You'll go back to your own program your hometown or wherever you're from for 30 days to do a project and then you're going to come back to us for a second week april 3rd through the 6th and we will go over that project and everything that you learned in that time because yeah, every place is different it is Everybody, everybody's got a different need and this gives you the chance to be different yep and suit your needs so we will also bring in the isbc and we will proctor and our host to proctor your exam on that friday april the 7th and then we are going to start doing the helicopter search and rescue pipeline, which so many of you ask about. Um, we have found a way that we think it's going to work out fabulously. Finally. Yes. We're going to start <laughs> that with the ropes course in St. Augustine. It'll be March 27th through the 31st. Yep. Um, in between there, we are going to have our second air medical class, which is part of the pipeline. Yeah, you got to do it. So that class will be in Orlando. We will be here April 17th through the 22nd. We're going to follow that with some water rescue back in St. Augustine. Yeah, we will. April 24th through the 29th. And that's uh, St. Augustine slash Georgia. So people do understand there is a uh, last few days we are going up to the Columbia River. Yes, for the water rescue class. So there will be some traveling in there. Absolutely. Uh, the rest of those classes for the pipeline, we are looking to do helicopter search and rescue technician the beginning of June. You can, again, watch our website, watch our Facebook page for some finalized dates and locations. Obviously, that stuff takes a little bit of time for us to lock in. Absolutely. Um, we will, however, be at the First There First Care Conference in Fort Lauderdale. Yep. We will be teaching. We'll be walking around. Hard Rock Casino. Advertising. Again. Yes, I enjoyed it last year. Yep. We'll be there June 12th through the 16th. They also have their website up for you to register for any classes or lectures or skills labs that you want to get involved in there. 
And then we go back to the search and rescue pipeline. We're going to do austere medical looking towards the end of August. Long week. Long week. Followed by some advanced survival and wilderness search in the middle of September. Again, both of those, watch our website. Um, We will confirm the dates and the exact locations of that. But there is information if you want to learn what you're getting yourself into. We have it all detailed out on our website, therescuecompany1.com. And all the... TikToks and oh, all the, the things Facebook, Instagram, local faces, you know, yeah, you can find us anywhere. YouTube, we have a YouTube with our videos and we have our podcasts on there as the road returns. We will be going to San Diego. I'm a little excited. First time in California for yeah. the Echo Conference. It'll be my second time in California that this year. Yes. Yes. But not mine. I'm not going through yeah. that. Uh, that conference, which is, as most of you know, very near and dear to our hearts, we will be there. Wouldn't miss it for the world. It will be August, I'm sorry, October 2nd through the 4th. And then to close out our year, we will have our last air medical class in Claremont. We had a wonderful experience there, and they have welcomed us back, so we will be going there October 23rd through the 28th. Again, all the dates are listed on our calendar. You can find the courses in the course store on our website, therescuecompany1.com. You can also go to services and look up any descriptions of all these classes. And there's more being added. Yes. And as always, you can contact us on any of those platforms, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, our website, any of that. You can contact us if you have any questions and somebody somewhere will get back to you. We are all spread out, but somebody will get back to you. Yeah, absolutely. Bye. Welcome to As the Rotor Turns, unofficial, official, not official, brought to you by PBR Podcast. <laughs> so uh, just sitting here, me and Jason in the background here doing some recording, and we're going to start doing a lot of these sessions. We have to. We have to become a little bit more educational and less shenanigans. So we'll try to kind of have an educational lesson that goes with the... Uh, the actual podcast that we're doing for the day. So today's podcast is going to be about CTE, chronic, traumatic encephalopathy. And uh, we're going to kind of break that down. There's actually some uh, CFRN, CEN, uh, FPC type questions that kind of go, go along with this. And, you know, it's a uh, uh, pretty evolving topic. So wherever you stand on the head injury whether this is a true thing or not. There's actually some people that don't believe it's actually a true thing. So kind of watch the podcast tonight. And uh, when you're hearing this, we would be recording tonight, which would be live. And uh, here we go. So uh, I think when you talk about head injuries, you have to talk about the first thing here, well, what's important. So that we actually have, test material-wise, two, two, uh, two categories. There's the primary injury itself, and then there's actually what we call secondary brain injuries. And in, in the primary injury, you're looking at the actual insult, the, the thing that caused the injury to the person, so the actual insult to the head. And when you think about secondary brain injury, it's what we call aatrogenic injury. So fancy word for saying things that us as responders, medical professionals, are actually going to do 
or not do that's going to hurt the patient. Uh, two of the big ones there are basically uh, hypoxia. So anytime that the SAT drops below 90, you're in a sense, you know, killing 90% of these people. And uh, the other one is uh, a drop in blood pressure, like actually less than 90 is going to injure these patients. So, uh, and, and that being because you're trying to maintain what we call cerebral perfusion pressure. And you're trying to maintain that number somewhere over 60. How we achieve that number is as follows. You take mean arterial blood pressure minus increase in a cranial pressure. So obviously, in the pre-hospital setting, you're not going to have that number. You know, you're not going to have the ICP number, but uh, in the critical care transport setting, you may. Um, some, uh, some facts about that is, uh, especially when you're looking at the FPC and CFRN exam, it's kind of knowing how to come up with MAP. You just can't say it's the number in the parentheses next to the blood pressure. <laughs> you got to actually know that you're doing uh, two times the diastolic plus the systolic blood pressure divided by three, and that's going to give you that MAP. So taking into example, let's say we have a patient with a map of, you solve it and it's actually a map of, uh, let's call it 70. And then you have a person who's presenting with herniation type syndrome, right? Like actually presenting with Cushing's triad, that uh, bradycardia, hypertension, erratic or absent breathing. You can assume that the ICP is somewhere over 10. Like your brain itself, you know, the tissue that sits in the skull the skull, the blood that circulates the cerebral spinal fluid are all the contents in there. And if you add too much to any of that stuff there, you're going to start, the brain's going to start moving. So if you have, like, a person that's giving you that unilateral pupillary changes and so on and so forth, you're going to probably assume that you're greater than 10. And this is why I'm telling you this. Your brain can actually, your skull can actually tolerate from, like, 0 to 10 uh, millimeters of uh, um, of mercury in there and uh and right at about anything greater than 10 so 12 or greater your brain's gonna start moving either from right to left or left to right and then about 13 to 14 your brain's gonna start moving downward meaning that like 15 millimeters of mercury of pressure is intolerable to the brain Okay, so like uh, in the skull. So like basically the brain will herniate down, downwards. So let's just assume that we have one unilateral pupil. Let's call the ICP-12. And like you can do the math there that you notice you're probably going to be less than that. It's number 60 that we're looking for for cerebral perfusion pressure. I think later on we'll come back and have some of these lessons on how to treat herniating patients. So for just the purpose of today, we're going to talk about um, one of the categories of, of uh, brain injuries and brain traumas. And again, you can even break this down into two subcategories. You can break them down into localized and diffuse brain injuries. Diffuse brain injuries is the ones we're going to talk about today, which has to do with the CTE type uh, uh, patients. When you look at CTE, chronic traumatic encephalopathy, that's actually one of the categories of diffuse brain injuries. The other ones that we're going to talk about is concussions. Then, believe it or not, there's a, uh, another one called post-concussive syndrome, which is a separate category from concussion. And then there's actually a really bad one, which is uh, diffuse oxonal injuries, so DAIs. So the concussion itself is basically your brain 
gets this jolt of electricity that's just unrecognized by the neurons itself. Like, it's such a fast impulse that it kind of just resets you back to uh, to uh, factory settings or back to your last cloud update if you, for your millennials out there. Um, the best way to explain it is that first I have to tell millennials what a VCR is. So VCR is this thing that you would uh, watch videos on, you know? And uh, you would spend a whole lot of time back in the day setting your VCR's clock. And you would set the clock because basically you would want to, um, you know, record something on the TV. So you wanted the clock to be synchronized with your TV. There was a whole way you did that. Well, I fucking live in Florida. And lightning hits my house, and it resets the clock back to the factory update. So you would come home, and it would be blinking 12. And all of a sudden, my Melrose place that I was trying to record at 9 o'clock at night, um, it records at midnight uh, an infomercial for, you know, the Ron Popeil, uh, you know, uh, rotisserie. Set it and forget it. Um, so basically, that's all concussion is. You basically go back to the last thing you could remember. It could be a day ago. It could be, you know, that a couple hours before the injury. Now, the big problem with concussions is that when you have that jolt of energy that goes through that kind of resets you, you're not at your baseline. You're not at baseline. And then not being at baseline means that your reaction times are slower. So your chances of being re-injured is a lot higher. And that's where you see some of these other test questions that pop up, specifically on the nursing exams. You know, you have to have a back-to-activity protocol. You have to have a protocol that basically says, hey, this person's at the reaction time that's safe to be doing the activity that they're doing. So let me, let me say it this way. Like, if you get the head and you get hit where you're concussed on the football field and you're not back to baseline right away, the chances of you being able to react the same way at the same speed is very low, so your chances of being injured are high. This is where the whole, you'll see how this plays back when we talk about CTE a little bit. Uh, because that's exactly what's happening. Now, the person's slowed down. They're not back reaction time. They're actually in, a, in a, something called psychomotor retardation. Psychomotor retardation phase is that post-concussive period. So as a sense, that secondary diffuse brain injury we're going to talk about is the post-concussive phase. So that's the phase from the time you're injured to the time you're back to baseline. And that's classified as a fancy term I mentioned earlier, psychomotor retardation, meaning that your reaction times are slower. Your chances of being re-injured are higher. And I've said that like three times, so you can imagine those are questions that have shown up before. So with your, your situation when you're dealing with that, with that, with that patient there, is basically you have to be very patient with them. You, you have to make sure that they're in a safe environment, that they understand. They may not remember that they've had a head injury. They've been injured, and you just basically almost play like a lifeguard, keeping them away from operating heavy machinery, putting pads back on and going back out on the field, doing any long-distance swimming, so on and so forth. Everything you would not let somebody that just woke up from a coma do, you would not let this patient do. Um, and, and you know something that, that, that I mentioned earlier with secondary brain injuries, uh, you know, you got to watch them for seizures. The patients can have seizures here. Again, seizures increase chances of hypoxia, increases chance of secondary brain injuries. So that's, you know, two of the fused brain injuries. The third is that uh, diffuse oxonal brain injury, DAI. These are classified as patients that come into the hospital. They're a uh, Glasgow Coma Scale of 3. 
completely comatose. They're usually apneic. Not really breathing on their own very effectively or apneic. Hypertensive, tachycardic, excessively sweaty. And the biggest thing you see on the exams is that they classify the patient as a, uh, when they go to CT scan, the CT is completely negative. But however, this person's uh, completely comatose. They don't really recover from this. You, you probably, when you MRI them, you see like this ground glass appearance on the MRI, meaning that all the malian chief, that white substance that's in the brain has been uh, demalionized. And I think, you know, um, along with this conversation, um, at some other time, we'll have like a pretty good anatomy breakdown, quick down and dirty of the brain and spinal cord, which I normally do with this lesson when you come to class. So, um, again, it's just kind of like a quick down and dirty version of diffuse brain injuries. And then that leaves us with our CTE patient, right? So the chronic uh, encephalopathy, uh, chronic traumatic CT, chronic traumatic encephalopathy patients. When you get these patients that have these continuous um, concussions, continuous assault, insults to their head, that, that increase in edema and decrease in edema, it's going to create structural changes to the actual brain itself. Um, you know, if you were to break down the brain, the, the outside of it is gray matter. The inside of it is white matter. Spinal cord is opposite. The outside is white matter. The inside is gray because wherever the whiter the substance, the more communications Electrical impulse is happening, more sodium, fatty, white, rich tissue, like with full of malian chief. And like, as you start to like make these areas, uh, these sulcus and areas of the brain, they, they actually just spread apart and get further and further. Structural changes become uh, different and, and, and you start reasoning different. Um, and that's kind of like, you know, the, the teaser that if you get to this um, information that I just recorded before you listen to the podcast, and you're going to actually want to go back and listen to the podcast because we're going to talk a lot about CTE today. We're going to talk about some of these like uh, famous athletes and people that actually have taken their own life because they have lost the ability to reason and kind of feel better in a sense, you know? So uh, let's down and dirty, fast, quick lesson. Bye.